Welcome to Morph Talk episode 13. This week we've got Marissa and Pete from the podcast. Um, I managed to bump into them when I was up at Donny last weekend. A uh, great couple, really interesting to hear a perspective on people who are specialising in one recessive. Uh, so it's a great one. So um, yeah, let's have a listen. Let's just start with how did, how did you start breeding? Um, I guess that'd be me, really, because um, I've been in the hobby a lot longer than Pete has. So um, I started in 2013. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I was just a, a hobbyist, really, um, at the time. I wasn't actually in it to breed. It was just um, I liked uh, I liked having um, a lot of animals, I suppose, at the time. And my, my dad had quite a lot of animals, and that's sort of where that came from. And... Um, I started off with a, a hognose snake. So how I got that was my friend, a friend of mine was really into snakes and she really wanted to buy a snake. But being that we were still living with my mum, well, our parents, it wasn't really an easy thing to do. And not, not a lot of parents let you have a snake or they might let you have something like a gecko or they might let you have a bearded dragon. But... A snake tends to be where the line is drawn quite often. Mm-hmm. And so she really wanted a snake, but her, her mum was quite against it, and she knew it as well. Whereas um, my parents, not so much. Like, I, I could pretty much get what I wanted, and there was no sort of, like, problem as long as I looked after it, and it was, you know, it stayed with me, and it didn't leave the room. And, um, yeah, I, I did know a lot about snakes, so I'd seen one at a, um, I went to a show before, not a reptile show, it was um, actually like tropical fish and dark frogs. Yeah. Um, and they had some rosy boas there and I'd never seen a snake before then and I was really tempted to buy one, but I didn't know enough about one to actually go for the commitment because, you know, I didn't have a setup, I didn't know what to feed it, I didn't know anything, so... I walked away from it and I gave it a thought and this friend of mine was like, hey, I really want this corn snake. And we kept going to this um, local pet shop to look at them. And um, eventually we, we went again and again and again. Eventually I said um, I would I would buy something. And um, at first I thought I'd probably buy this corn snake that my friend wanted because she wasn't willing to buy it herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least then I wouldn't have to drive her to the shop she could just come to my house and see it but um, we came to sort of the mutual agreement that if she wanted something and I wanted something we'd buy something together and um, kind of a if she gets in trouble I get in trouble kind of <laughs> agreement but um, it worked out really well in the end I ended up getting a, a hognose and um, that was purely through sort of like my I wanted a easy starter snake where yeah. it didn't get too big. Yeah. Because um, corn snakes just get a bit too long. Um, and they are generally meant to be quite an easy, like, people recommend a corn snake for a first snake. Quite yeah, often. yeah, yeah, yeah. But they are also very wriggly <laughs> and quite flighty. Yeah. Yeah, they're Whereas quite fast. They, um, yeah. They are, yeah. Whereas a hognose, not so much. It was a very chill very small it was a male so again didn't grow very large snake and um from having that snake 
and enjoying having it and having him for a while, I just kind of grew confident and wanted to make a bit bigger, a bit more, you know, snaky. So um, I ended up looking into it and deciding I wanted um, four pythons because I'd seen all the morphs you can get yeah. and the, how much variation there was. Um, Hognoses do have that, but not as much. So, so when when did you get your first ball python? So that was probably um, about a year later. Oh, okay. So like two thousand fourteen ish. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it was like I said, just um, a collection. So I was really getting into the different genes. So um, my friend had introduced me to Doncaster. So I was going there, and I was seeing all these animals and. Um, all these different genes and uh, I was learning genetics because you know when you first join you don't know about codons or you know all the recessives and just working out how it works and how to make the things that you want and so I started buying um, a few different genes so I had like champagne, fire, um, black pastel and um, calico things like that not, not really to breed just just to be different so when you say you have, because um, I think we've got uh, almost 40, so just like 39 pythons. Oh, wow, okay. People think they're all the same. When yeah. you tell a person, they think, this is, why do you need so many? Yeah. It's like, well, they're all different. They're not all exactly the same. And um, I did end up breeding them. Um, I only, only had the one clutch in the end because I was interested and I, I got myself some decent like equipment to do so. So I, I found a second-hand um, incubator locally, and I was oh, it was it was only a small, um, silly one, you know, one of the cheaper mini fridge. Yeah, like a little mini fridge. You yeah. know, you don't really you can't get much in it, but it's yeah, good yeah. enough for the one clutch. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, when I met Pete, um, he really didn't know anything about snakes, anything about reptiles, anything at all. So it's really my hobby that he's kind of adopted, um, to be honest. But you've taken to it really well. Um, I like to think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah as far as uh, me getting into the hobby, it's entirely um, through Marissa. Um, I, I had literally one experience with any kind of snakes before, and that was a kind of animal experience when I was in Australia and I held a uh, carpet python. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, again, I didn't really know much about like any kind of reptile at all, to be honest. And then um, I met Marissa, she had some baby bull pythons and so I ended up holding one of those and I wasn't the best, like my hand, you could see my hands were kind of a bit shaky, I'm a bit wobbly. I was worried for the baby more than... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, I think it's just very typical that like it, if you don't know anything about snakes but there's always that kind of like media presence of like, oh, like a snake got out or you, you hear all the stupid stories that now obviously you laugh at, but when you don't know any better, like you think everything's like true, which is, it's funny thinking about that, like back to that, but uh, yeah. You hear it all the time, actually. I heard it only um, Friday when I was at work, someone was saying, oh, I heard this story about this woman who had this, this big python and it was sizing her up and I'm just like, oh, In yeah. bed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, the same story's been going around for about 30 years and yet yeah. there's no real story. <laughs> no. So, no. yeah, no, it's, it's always the same thing. To be honest, 
ball pythons are probably the easiest ones to start with because they're so placid anyway you know if you start with like baby carpets or something that are striking at you constantly then you'd probably put you off for life so yeah you know that opinion yeah it's not too bad so 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 you got 39 mm-hmm. how how many of those are like breeder size um we've got i think about six females that are kind of ready to either lay eggs or that have been locking at okay. the moment so like um last season we had our first official like breeding season as the pied cast we got three clutches um we had one girl that laid but she gave us all slugs which was a bit kind of uh, disappointing because yeah. it was the very first yeah, yeah. Um, girl to lay as well so yeah but like it happens um but yeah, this this year we're hoping that they all kind of um, will go for us and we'll get five or six clutches. And we've got several girls that are in that sort of 1K area where they're not quite up to size or they just stop. Yeah. And so they're in that. So yeah, hopefully by next season they'll be hopefully good yeah. good to go. But um, we've got plenty of males that are like raring to go and just want to breed at the moment. They've a lot of them have kind of gone off food yeah. and you open the tubs and they're actively they're just interested but they're not yeah, yeah they're actively yeah. Just trying to get out of the tub as if they can try and find a female or something so so you looking i was just gonna say so you haven't got a clutch yet this year no i've had um two prelays uh pre, pre like the sheds so yeah. we're expecting hopefully in the next month to get two clutches oh okay cool and what, what are those? Um, there's a Mojave Pied that's Post Het Hypo. Okay. We bred um, her to a Leopard that's Double Het Burgundy Pied. Oh, okay. And then the other one, it's a uh, Pastel Pied Post Het Ultramel to a Pastel Pied Post Het Ultramel. Cool. So, um, yeah, obviously with the Mojave, we're hoping to get a well, if, yeah pied. if we're really lucky a yeah. leopard mojave pied that's then post het hypo post het burgundy yeah and the pastels we we bought um solely as a pastel because it's a snake canyon line of pastel so it was really really intensely bright okay and like different with the pattern compared to a lot of pastels we'd seen the contrast is really nice on them it's why we've got them a lot of pastel pieds I I'm, guess I'm not that thrilled over, but these um, are really nice, this line. So the um, Super Pastel looks fantastic. So if we can get that, we're happy. But the fact that they're both Poshet Ultramel kind of sweeten the deal yeah. as well. Cause like, we're not banking on it, but it would be nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's a bonus, isn't it? Yeah. So is, is the Burgundy Albino, has that been proven to be the same as Ultramel or is it different? I'm not. Not I believe I believe it's different. Well, as far as I'm aware, it's different. There may be some um oh, the words escape me now. Um, like you might be able to breed like an ultra male to a burgundy and have like the crossover, kind of like albino candy, toffino. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Allelic. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I must admit I haven't looked too much into it. I believe you can, yeah. Because there is if for some reason we did 
hit an ultra male. We wouldn't do that. There would be no crossover whatsoever. We'd keep the genes completely separate. Separate. Yeah. 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 In the same way, we've got um, we've got both coral glow and banana, and we wouldn't want to mix that up and muddy the waters yeah, at all. Yeah. It's it's just the the sensible way. To well, be, in my opinion, no offense but. to anyone who does. It's just you know, it just makes it easier to keep a track of what you've got exactly when you don't. Yeah, the, well. essentially they're the same, but they're two different lines. So just keep the name separate, and then you know what line you've got. That's probably the the best way of sort of explaining it, isn't it? I suppose. Um, yeah. So we don't have. We do have a burgundy, um, a visual burgundy. We don't have a visual ultramel, but they do look different. Oh, okay, okay. They do definitely look different, and so that in itself is like if you speak to someone who does, obviously, um, Darren Neighbors has has the the proper burgundy. Yeah, he's got so burgundy. Yeah, yeah. He's got. You can tell there's a big difference between them. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Um, so you've got a hypoclide male. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's really nice. <laughs> I like. I love hypoclide. <laughs> I've been trying to get one for years, but for some weird reason, they're really rare. Yeah, I don't really understand it because, um, like, we're we're pretty heavy um, on Instagram, and so, um, but anytime the hypopied comes out, it seems to be like a, a fan favorite. People really kind of go mad for it. But um, you, you look on Morph Market, and there's just not a lot there. Like even uh, hair hypo stuff, and like. Um, we're lucky in that we actually two of the clutches we got from last year were um, sired by the hypo. Oh, brilliant! So um, we've we've backs. actually got some we've got holdbacks and a couple of things available that are all hundred percent het. But yeah, uh, even if you include the stuff that we've put on there on Morph Market, it's, there's not a lot. There's it's, not. It's really yeah. There's not a lot of them about. I don't know why they're so. I don't know. Gav had one, didn't he? I don't know if he still got it, but I know he had one at some point. Mm. So I don't know if he still got it. Um, but you just don't see them very often in people's collections, and I don't know why because it's such a great combo. Yeah, um, it's a shame. As he's gotten older, he looks really nice. It's yeah. like those genes that changes as they get older, and yeah. I guess the hypo by itself. Um, can be a little bit like grey or green, like it can really sort of like, um, but it's just getting that right combination. Yeah. And the pied, of course, just means the contrast is constantly there. Yeah, I saw uh, last year, I can't remember his name, I never remember his name, but he produced a fire hypo pied. He's like Bristol Way. I think yeah. 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 And that was yeah, insane. It, but yeah. But, yeah. That was nice, that nice. was crazy. That was so so nice. And it's just yeah, if few if more people produce them, I think the popularity will go up because people will see how nice they are. So um what did you add other genes to it last year? Yeah. So um we one of the clutches was um obviously hypopied to a pin pied. Nice. Um and the other one was a yellow belly pied to the hypo pied. Oh, yeah. So we've got um, two of the holdbacks. We've got a female pin pied that's hair hypo and then a male yellow belly um, pied hair hypo. So it's absolutely like dream combination as far as I'm concerned because then when they both grow together, um, we can put them together and hopefully aim for a yellow belly pin hypo pied. And yeah. 
you know, any combination of like yellow belly, pin, hypo, like if we score any one of those, it's a winner in my books, but the absolute dream would be the the full combination. And we've got the potential of the Mojave proving out to be het hypo as well. Yeah, if she is het hypo yeah. as well, then like That's absolute the, winner Another as female well, yeah. Can, yeah. Yeah, that'd be a really nice combo. I was going to say, because Pinstripe gets such a bad rap, but in in Pied, it adds pattern, it adds, it changes the colour, it does so much in Pied that I think it just gets such a bad rap, but it'll be really interesting to see what it does Hypo. I don't think I've ever seen Hypo Pied. I'm not sure I've ever seen it. Yeah, I'm judging by the the het that we've got. Um, The baby is like, beautifully orange it's mm. like see pin tends to brown out quite a lot when um they're older yeah, yeah. and so i assume the same thing will happen to some degree but she is really intense Vibrant, yeah. orange kind of color and it's um it's pretty interesting to see just the the het hypo kind of influence even on just the pies themselves but even the yellow belly is like super intense and like the patterns like it's just like hat influence doing its thing yeah, yeah. but also um, if the pin tends to darken with age the hypo lightens yes so it'd be interesting to see how that affects the baby if it's going to end up like potentially if it ends up um, being a very light colour um, or if you know the pattern stays strong or you know I don't know it's, but, like, it's like the pin um, pattern versus the colour of the hypo it's like yeah. which one's going to yeah yeah of, take control or are they both going to just like harmonize really nicely so, whereas the yellow belly i imagine just gets brighter and brighter with age yeah yeah. yeah well you could end up with like a real it could turn gray but because of the hypo and the pin and everything it couldn't end up like a really nice aging almost like a uh, lightning pipe or something like yeah. that so you just don't know i suppose you don't know until you try but it'd be interesting to see so we're gonna gonna address the elephant in the room do you just keep pied <laughs> Predominantly, yeah, yes. pretty much. Um, oh, do you have other genes? Um, I mean, there's a few that we've got that are still. They're not officially pied. They're like het pied, and but they're all going towards the pied kind of project. The only one we have that doesn't have pied at all is a, a cinnamon mimosa. Okay, and that that's solely a me snake i've got i'm very partial to champagne kind of combos um we did have a champagne that was um 100 hypo and pied okay um for some reason it it passed away and we're really unsure about it it was feeding it like shedding pooping everything was like absolutely perfect and then one day we it was just gone and it's very kind of strange. It, it upset me at the time. It's unfortunate, but it's part of the hobby, isn't it? Like these things happen, and uh... yeah, it's just it's just one of those things. It's like you say, it happens in the hobby, and it's just when it happens, it just always it's, it's you never really get over it. So yeah, yeah, there are things that happen that are just gutting. Like when you get a full clutch of slugs, yeah, pretty, and, and if you happen to have some eggs in the incubator and they don't work out i'm sure that's yeah that's just bad and 
so it, it's part of the hobby, isn't it? There are going to be ups and downs. And yeah, that, that's what I say. That's what I say to people. There's there's highs and lows. Sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. You know, and it's you know it, you just have to accept it as part of that thing. You, you're going to have to be like the luckiest guy in the world if you just win every time. Definitely, you know I mean, there's yeah. always there's always that one guy who always talks about like you know oh I don't get slugs or you know or you know he hits crazy odds on a clutch you know he does head to head pairings and it's five visuals you know and you know there's always that guy but um, but yeah it's 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 win you win some you lose some you know so um, what do you guys feed do you feed ASFs or rats a mixture oh okay yeah, to be honest um, just whatever we can kind of get hands on obviously at the moment there's been a bit of a shortage when it comes to Maltese yeah um, so we've just been feeding rats um, like like I said whatever we can get hands on if we can get Maltese then we feed Maltese if not we feed rats um, they're not picky at all so we're quite lucky in that aspect yeah we've got one or two which are a little bit iffy um, they prefer a multi or they prefer a mouse but the majority of them whatever you put in front of them is gone so yeah um, obviously there are some people that they find that they will they really kind of um, react differently to Maltese compared to, yeah. to rats. Yeah. Um, we've just never really had that. I'd say the only instance of that we've had was there was one girl that was really kind of iffy feeder, and um, like she would feed say for a month really consistently, and you're like, oh, we've finally cracked it. Yeah. And yeah, and and then the next month nothing. No. There'll be no interest whatsoever. And um, we got into like a little period, maybe a month or two, of just feeding nothing but Maltese to the entire collection. And then that, I think, has also coincided with us upgrading our um, rack into an LP. Okay. And since the, we've got the grayed out tubs and we're feeding um, the Maltese for, like I said, the month or two, since then she's become an absolute monster. Um, she's gone from like our worst feeder to probably our most consistent now she's like become a dustbin if no someone else doesn't eat for any reason it's she, she's guaranteed to take it it's yeah so um and that's one of those little victories you're talking about where yeah you know it's a higher and low so now it's just like she was one of those snakes we were like oh man she's so difficult and you know she's going nowhere and now it's like oh fantastic she's moving forward quickly and i do actually think those the grey tubs we've got have made such a big difference as, as silly as it is but they just seem to be eating so much more consistently now than they were in the the sort of um uh, smoky tubs you know the sort of like kind of clear kind of not tubs the, we had before uh, what did you have before rubs or did you have the semi-clear tub the semi-clear one oh okay yeah yeah, yeah yeah melanin kind of racks and then just the um yeah. Yeah, those like, those clear like tubs, not not the rubs, but yeah, similar to those ones really. Yeah, I, I think the thing them. is with the melamine. Was it like white melamine? Uh, the the rack was black. Oh, it was black. black. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say because when the people have the, like the white ones, they like I think it reflects so much light <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that they that... Have, um, an open front and an open back. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, kind of creates a kind of tunnel, which I don't think really helped with them. Feeling comfortable. Yeah, yeah. It just sometimes it can be an absolute pain, and it does always seem to be like that thousand gram wall. 
I do, I'm talking to more and more people now that feed rats and ASFs, and I suppose I was always along. I always thought that if you fed Maltese, that they probably wouldn't take rats. But more and more people I speak to say they don't have that issue. So yeah. I don't know. I think there maybe was a, it's a so you, There was a conception that I think you would only feed a multi to a problem feeder and yeah as a result i think a lot of yeah, people definitely. have got that kind of um, mentality of oh if they only feed on multis that's a problem feeder they, i don't want that yeah they don't yeah. eat yeah whereas now obviously um i think people's opinions are starting to change and you get a lot more like weight ratio compared to like a rat and a multi i think the multis are solid like yeah. if you don't mind picking them up with your hands you can tell there's a real kind of there's a difference weightiness to a uh, a multi compared to a rat a rat is kind of a bit more squishy yeah <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a, yeah it's like a lot fattier compared to it's like a multi fattier. which is like very kind of built and protein packed and it's so, compact isn't it yeah so, so do you breed your own no no oh okay we I only just... buy in because um I think we're both of the opinion that if we was to breed Maltese, we'd become attached, and that's not a good thing when you're trying to breed for food. I mean, I, purposes, I certainly so. would become attached, and uh, I don't really need any more pets, to be honest. No, that's true, I suppose. Wait until you get bitten a few times, and then you'll become less attached. Now. <laughs> I suppose that's true, yeah. Is it bad? <laughs> I, to me, I've only been bitten once. And uh, you know, so it's not. It's I, I try and avoid that end if I can. They, but they've got really, really sharp teeth, really sharp teeth. So it's it's not enjoyable if you do get bitten by an ASF. Um, rats are like way more chilled. They're like they're fine. But to be fair, my multis aren't that bad. So you just tend to get like the odd one, who tends to be like a bit more um, bold. If that's the best <laughs> best way to describe them. Um, but yeah, so I got to ask: Do you like clown pies? I do. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you do. So yeah. you would consider getting clown if it was in pied. We actually have a um, Genex pie, which is possible het clown. Oh, okay. We got um, yeah, I think it's the was it the sister from Gabs. Um, Gene X Clown Pied. Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. Because we saw that Gene X Clown Pied and we yeah. thought, wow. Yeah, we've got to have a piece of that. <laughs> yeah. Of. yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, Clown Pied is one of those things that I think people, you've seem to love it or you're just completely indifferent about it. It's like, I know some people really seem to, like, they'll praise it to the heavens and then there's other people that are just like, nah, it's not for me. But, I, yeah, I can sort of see both sides. I really like them, but I can kind of see why people say they're kind of underwhelming for what it is, I suppose. But um, but then it depends on the example. You know, if you get a low white clown pied, they're amazing. If you get a high white clown pied, probably not so much. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's it's, it's an opinion pies. thing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely the gambled pies. Because it's uh, yeah. You can get that with like any kind of um, pied combo. It's yeah. like you know, even say Enchi, which is generally produces a very low white pied. I think if you got a medium white Enchi pied, people would go pretty gaga over it. Yeah. To be fair, like it's it's been very. Like I've only seen a couple ever, and everyone like on Instagram or Facebook, wherever it's posted, they they go mad for it, and they're like, oh my god, that's the best like Enchi pied I've ever seen. And, yeah, it's, it's 
again, a bit of a gamble with Pi because it kind of whacks out a lot of the pattern and you never know how much white you're going to get. Because too much white and then you might as well not have like that particular combo. You might as well just have like a spider pied or yeah. a pinted pied. Yeah, special so, pied. There's loads that are high white. Yeah, yeah, no, I I know that's true. Is but it goes in trends, doesn't it? Because it's like like five years ago, high white pieds were like all the rage, and now it's low white pieds. So it's you know like then you couldn't give away a low white pied. Now you can't give away a high white pied. It's kind of it's kind of it goes in trends and 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 you know and things like that. Um, What about um, DG pied? Do you think you're going to dip? into that project i would like to it, eventually um dg is uh, at the moment so popular mm. it's hard to get it, that, like yeah obviously especially um, i think you've mentioned it before you mentioned obviously clown but like trying to get something that's um that would be het for pied i'm yeah. sure would be astronomical price especially if you then go dg that's het pied like and to be fair i'd don't think I've seen any really available like any kind of like pie that's head DG or DG head pied. Most people would probably hang on to. Even getting a female DG is difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there, there is, there is a few. I mean, there's, um, there's a few that like come up for sale in Europe. Um, I know uh, Darren Stairs was selling pied head DGs. Um, I've seen DG Het Pieds for sale in Europe, so they do kind of come up. But it's, it's yeah, I've said it before. It's weird. It got that sort of price difference. If you buy a Pied Het DG, it's not as expensive as a DG Het Pied, because <laughs> if you yeah. you know if you get the visual DG, it's more expensive at the moment. I'm sure that will even out eventually, but at the moment, it's you're going to pay more for the Desert Ghost. Um, and yet, a couple of years ago, you couldn't give them away. Yeah. That, that's that's the thing isn't it it's the trend thing you know um it, it just takes one person to make that magical combo and then suddenly yeah that's it usually it's justin let's be honest yeah, let's be honest yeah, yeah. he is the trendsetter <laughs> yeah yeah but and um yeah same with codoms i think someone said if you if you find a new codom send one to justin for free because he'll do all the marketing for you <laughs> you yeah, know definitely definitely if you want it to make money that's who you want to send it to definitely yeah um you know i mean really i was trying to think because i I remember i i think i said it on mine like redhead uh i looked at buying a redhead like a few years ago and it really wasn't expensive and then obviously justin came out with the redhead clowns and the price of them now just for a straight redhead not het for anything is thousands you know and i'm like i'm almost kicking myself that i didn't buy it (laughs) i wish i'd uh I wish I'd taken the plunge when I had the chance. All right, so um, do you have like an ultimate goal in mind or like a five-year goal kind of snake that you're trying to make? Uh, personally, I would say no. Um, I guess there, there are certain like combos that I would love to hit. Like, I absolutely love Dreams Call. Yeah. Um, but... I think that's the kind of the beauty of this hobby is like if I hit a dream circle, I go, brilliant! I've hit like a essentially a dream snake. What can I do now to make this even better? Mm-hmm. And like obviously, a lot of people tend to put darkening genes, so you go leopard, 
Dream to Call, like um, Black Pastel, things like that. And it's always just a constant kind of evolution of um, like different combos, and like your your dreams kind of progress as your collection does. And so, um, yeah, it's always just a, a constant battle of how can I make this this combo better? What can I do here? Maybe if I add this, will it improve it? You know, it's just. Yeah. The bar's always going up, and obviously with people like um, Ozzy, Justin, always bringing out new and amazing kind of combos, and then suddenly your inspirations are like heightened as well. There's sometimes they change because of these amazing combos you see, and every now and again you'll you'll pick something up that you didn't expect to have in your your collection, and you think to yourself like, oh, if I could put that in this particular like combo. Yeah, it's there's no no ultimate goal as such, but there are definitely animals we would like to hit on the way to this ever increasing. Like, <laughs> I don't know even what how to finish that. It's just yeah. Yeah, no, but that, I mean that's why I wanted to speak to you guys because I mean most of the people I talk to, obviously they've got quite like diverse collections. So they're obviously they've got their clown projects, they've got their pied projects, they've got their DG projects. But because you guys are specialising. Which I, I, I think is actually a great idea. I wish I wish I was strict enough with myself to specialise, but I can't pick one thing. I kind of like started that way. I actually started buying Pides first and then sort of started buying Clown and then sort of started buying DG and then, you know what I mean? Because I, you know, I sort of kept looking at different things, going, oh, maybe I'll do a bit of that as well, you know, sort of thing. Um, but it's just interesting because... I think most people's perception is is that if you specialise in something, you're going to limit yourself. But like you're saying, you know, you're not really because once you hit what you think is your ultimate, you then think, oh, okay, well, actually, what else can I do with it? What else can I do with it? And it's not as limiting as what people think, you know. Um, you could pick a codon and probably find multiple directions to go in it that would keep you busy for the next 10, 20 years, you know. So it's just... That's why I say it was interesting. I really wanted to talk to you guys because I thought it was just interesting to get um, a perspective from from people who are actually specialising in essentially one recessive, you know. So, but yeah. I think so helps keep you focused as well. So when you've got so many pieds and you're thinking about pieds and the combinations, you see an animal that isn't pied and you don't easily get as distracted as you think because you're like, well, that's not pied, so that won't help my projects. Like, oh, I, I could get that, and, I, I, you know, I've got, it looks amazing, I've got the money, I could buy it right now, but that won't help what I'm currently doing, so I shouldn't, you know, spend my money and do that, because I can get something else which would help progress those projects I've got in mind. Yeah. There are, there are certain animals that you would make an exception for, like, if a female desert ghost came onto the market, like within a good price and but that's to help our current but, budget yeah that's true yeah but so you want to get pied into it don't you yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah i was going to say is there anything you've seen that you've thought that you wouldn't want to make pied <laughs> um uh, i don't know um not that i can think of obviously I didn't say that. anything that obviously has a bit of a um, track record as far as like kinks and things. We we tend to yeah. shy away from True. those kind of projects. So like obviously we've got black pastel mm -hmm. pied. Um, 
we would love a female black pastel pie just to put it into other projects like albino but i think we would kind of avoid putting them together um to make the panda i i love the look of the panda yeah i do it's as well it's an absolutely yeah. amazing animal but um yeah i think we're just very kind of is it worth the gamble I don't know, really. I I weighed that up. I don't even I don't even have any black pastel in pied. I love them and and I love panda pieds and I I even weighed it up. But when I kind of researched it a bit, I th the odds are about maybe one in ten being okay. Yeah. Um, and that's just not great odds. So, um, yeah. I I mean I'm sure there's going to be other ways to make a similar looking snake that's not going to be have the health issues. Um, the Suma's pretty close. Um, mm -hmm. It's not quite black and white, but it's close. So maybe, if, you know, keep adding things to it. Maybe, you know, keep adding darker and darker jeans to that combo. Maybe that will be black and white. I don't, I, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's one of those things when you've got the health issues, you just think, is it really worth the risk? Because there's going to be nothing more gutting than cutting those eggs and just seeing deformed babies. Yeah, you know, yeah. After you've done all that, that time, time, all that work, all that effort, all that emotion, just to be devastated when you come to finally, you know, uh, see what's in the eggs. Definitely, yeah. And um, there are some um, genes as well that you just end up, you put it in the um, pie, you just get a white snake. Yeah. So even though you might like it, like um, I know Pete likes bamboo. I love bamboo, but I would never put it into any kind of pie project because it's just going to be all white. And you, what's the point? You, you won't be able <laughs> to tell what's in it if it's like any kind of combo at all. Yeah. The only way you know what's in it is to breed it. Yeah. yeah. It becomes those maybe this, maybe that, maybe this snake where yeah you don't actually know what you've got. No. So. Where where do you guys um, keep them? Do you keep them like in the house, or have you got like a shed or spare room? It's a spare, oh, spare room. room in the house, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, that's kind of where we're sat at the moment. Um, yeah. So our racks are just to the um, just to the left of us. But um, yeah, if I think if we had the money, like um, you know, we we'd probably build like a little maybe outdoor like shared facility thing yeah yeah but um, that would be nice yeah. but for the time being um everything's just in a spare room and this is kind of the snake room now yeah it's what we refer to it as the snake room um because we're a couple i think it makes it a lot easier so we've got quarantine and the incubator downstairs in the kitchen yeah 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 yeah, uh, yeah if if we have overflow like if for some reason we did go mad and we start buying every gene that was like available to us. We have got the kitchen. We could put stuff in the living room. We could. We've got another spare room if really need to. The box table. room. You know, go in there if we wanted. Yeah. There's no real. Um, like there wouldn't be any arguments as to like oh you can't keep snakes in this room or like yeah we're both in the hobby as um, as much as each other so it really does help with that kind of yeah fact <laughs> so yeah. So do, do you just have um, ball pythons? Uh, we have a crested gecko, but that's just a pet. But yeah, literally just the ball pythons. But no interest in getting any other species or anything? I have had other species. Um, I've had a panther chameleon, I've had a tortoise, I've had a skink, you know. Um, and 
as much as I as I love them, you can't really get into them quite as much as a ball python. Yeah. So I love my panther comedian. He was great. Um, he lived quite a long age for a panther comedian. Like all his colour had drained out of him. He basically become grey. Bless him. But um, and I wouldn't mind another one, but they take so much more care. Like yeah, there's a lot more husbandry involved. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing. Ball pythons are so popular because they're pretty easy, really. So, well, when you're about 30 or 40, you yeah, it's, it, yeah, it, it starts the, as the numbers increase, it starts to become a bit more of a chore. <laughs> if you yeah, got, when it was just a couple, yeah, like at that point, I only had like you know one or two, I didn't have that many snakes. But as they've increased, you kind of have to turn your attention towards them more and put a little bit more care into, uh, yeah, into them as opposed to the specific needs of a chameleon or something like that. That's what I could get, but yeah. And obviously, um, like as far as us having forty, that's from what I um, can tell, it's quite a small collection small compared collection to most people. people. Yeah, so, yeah, it can get out of hand really easy, <laughs> really easy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We've heard from a few people that they started off, um, you know, you have like five. Yeah. You go, oh, I'm not going to breed these, and then the year after they've got two hundred. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. Um, it, it's I'm I'm sure you know yourself, don't you? You know when you you have have babies, it's difficult to choose which ones to keep and which ones not to. You kind of want to keep them all because they're all kind of your babies. So you kind of you know it's always you can you can eat quite easily end up holding back way more than you probably should. And and yeah, it can just. I think if I had my way, I'd keep them all. But yeah, obviously it doesn't really. Yeah, there's no warrant to it, but no, I'm the cutthroat one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 always it's always a difficult decision to try and work out which ones. You know, you kind of you go, you always kind of like doubt yourself. You're like, oh, am I gonna sell that one? I don't know. <laughs> I start the amount of them I put up for sale and cross my fingers that they don't sell. <laughs> I'm just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's sod's law. They're always the quickest ones to sell, the ones that you don't want to. So yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, you're going to have to answer it individually. So you've got your yeah, five questions. So all-time favourite combo? Um, I guess I'll go first. It's a dreamsicle for me. Um, when I was first, what Marissa was trying to convince me about the whole snakes and trying to get into snakes, um, we were watching a lot of YouTube videos and like kind of easing me into things. And so we are using watching all the usual suspects, um, like Brian Barczyk, Billy, Gav, Justin. Justin, and it was um, yeah. I saw a Justin Kabolka dreamsicle, yeah, and it it blew my mind. And I went into work the next day and I started showing photos to workmates of this dreamsicle. And you know, I I know they they didn't care about snakes. They were just I was just going kind of a bit mad with it and just being like, look at this snake, look at it, amazing, and like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, about the football. <laughs> but yeah, I think Dream Schools has to be. My yeah, I think that that was kind of the snake that made Justin. I think wasn't it? I think that was the first big thing that he hit. Quite possibly. I think one of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard to tell anymore because obviously, like, it seems like every single week now he's hitting a new boundary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So far, far ago now. You yeah. kind of get lost as to what he has done and what really made him because it just feels like he's constantly rocketing higher and higher. But, yeah. yeah. And then I remember when he made the smiley pied 
Yes. And that was something I saw everywhere on social media, even pages that weren't reptile specific, because it really caught a lot of attention. Yeah, nationwide news, and it got yeah. like CNN and BBC. <laughs> I took it as well, and yeah, it's just. Oh, if only they knew how common it was now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, um, Dream School is definitely up there, definitely. But because we kind of have the potential to make that already, because we already have a pie that's, um, that's het lab and we've got a female and a male of that. And so I'm kind of like expecting we're going to hit that one day. What we don't have is a lightning pie. Okay. And I really like the lightning pied look. Like, um, I don't know, it's just something about the contrast and something about that stark white and black that I really like. I know it'd be really difficult to get the correct quality because I think, you know, obviously certain certain genes make a big difference. Yeah. Um, certain xanthic lines make a hell of a difference, but well, I the really true, like one of those. The true, the true lightning pied is the MJ line, isn't MJ it? MJ line, yeah. yeah which is unfortunately one of the rarer lines. It's hard to, to see one for sale or to get one, I'm sure. So it would be something that I'd love to have. Yeah. Um, whether or not I can get one or even if I can get a different like line would be, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's great. I think, to be honest, it's another one of those ones that I just think hasn't there hasn't been enough done with it. Um, mm. You know, you sort of see people keep producing lightning pies, lightning pies, but it's very rare you see a codom added in. And I just think, oh, it's been around for so long. Just start adding it. I want to see Enchi. I want to see. <laughs> I want to see Yellowbelly. I want to see all the different things. See what it does. So, okay. Uh, favorite breeder. Ooh, um, as far as um, the kind of top of the pyramid is concerned, I would say Aussie. Um, okay. But to be honest, like it's hard to choose one. There's like we've got loads of people in the UK that we really like respect, look up to. Um, like Darren at Neighbours, Gav obviously balls to you, um, Christian at Dorset. Um, before he scaled back his collection, kind of taken a step back. Uh, Stephen Walmsley from LSW. Mm-hmm. Like we we were always kind of like checking on these people, seeing what they're doing, seeing if there's a way that, you know, if there's a project they're doing that could then potentially enhance something we're doing, if there's any kind of crossover, you know, it's, but there's there's so many more that I could name that, you know, that we, it's it's hard to choose one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for me, um, just as a breeder, I guess Justin, I would love to be there just to be able to go through and just see that collection as a whole like i think i could be there all day just just looking at everything they got um but a little bit more like close to home yeah like uk breeder wise i guess because i'm we're like we're a hobbyist but we don't expect to to really take it to like the next level we're not really we're like working within our means Mm -hmm. so this is definitely something that we do because we enjoy not because we think that it's gonna you know take us places so like someone like um gav where it's like from balls to you where he started off as a bedroom breeder yeah and he's got his own little um facility and um that's something almost achievable that i would really like for for us for ourselves mm. that, yeah. that like i don't think i could become the next justin <laughs> but if i could yeah have, have a collection like gav i'd be really happy so yeah okay well this one's going to be easy for you uh, Pied or clown? 
Oh, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll just move on to the next one. Yeah. Um, yeah sunset or monsoon? Um, right, I, I have to say sunset just because I've seen more of it in different projects and I've seen a lot more kind of like, I think, I guess, potential. But I am quite excited to see where monsoon goes. I'm, I'm waiting for that one particular monsoon combo that kind of blows everything else out of the water. And yeah. like it, that'll be the the one thing that then suddenly everyone jumps onto the bandwagon with. Um, I'm hoping it's a monsoon pied. Yeah. We'll, we'll see, just obviously, when that is achieved. Obviously, if it's a high white pied, then it won't be as impactful as like a mid or a low white. But yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, I guess sunset. But yeah, I kind of have to agree with that one. Um, to be honest, like I've seen more in sunset, and I do like the sunset pied. So it's it would be that sunset pied that would um, really draw my attention. Um, I do think the monsoon is really nice. Like I like the pattern, yeah. is by itself. But again, it's it's waiting on the combination. I'm sure it's going to be good as well. Yeah, I, working on it, they're doing some really great projects. So yeah, I'm convinced that the monsoon in Pied is going to be the thing that blows that gene up. I think it'll be. I don't think anything will be anything like it. But like you said, if it's high white, it's it's going to be. I think it will, like, it'll go down in value. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so I like to imagine that it's because it seems like such a dominating gene. Yeah, and it's with the things we have seen it. Um, with that when you put it in pied it would act almost like enchi so you'd get like very little white at all and the the monsoon would essentially take over yeah but again pied is so volatile like you just never really know until you actually have it in your hands and then there's nothing to necessarily say that if you've got an entire clutch of monsoon pieds that you might get one high white one low white a couple of mid white you, you just never really know that's true Unfortunately, you'd need to wait until there's been a couple of clutches of monsoon pies to then really know, like, how the gene like mingle together, really, wouldn't you? So yeah, I don't know who's going to hit it first. I know Billy, Billy's got breeder size. I think double heads. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine Justin does. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who knows what he's got? You know, uh, I mean, Dave Green must have. Um, so I don't know. I don't know who's going to hit that first, but I think when that when that does get hit, it's gonna it's gonna probably um, break Instagram. Every, every yeah. snake guy will be going on Instagram <laughs> as quickly as possible to see a picture. Right, uh, money no object snake. So it doesn't even have to be for sale. Mm. Um, I mean, I, this is hard because I actually asked Marissa this just out of curiosity to see what she would say earlier but um, I think marketing wise um, Stormtroopers is a good shout um, the the one that Justin recently did the like Black Pastel Red Stripe G Stripe DG Clown yeah because uh, those both of those animals are insane in their own right um, but if I was going purely aesthetical um, I would say an urban camo. Oh, okay. okay. Because um, 
I just love the look of yeah. them, and um, it's also got a few jeans that aren't really used over here. So it's, um, if memory serves, it's a super black pastel, super um, sandblast pastel hepide. Yeah. And like, I, I know I've already said like about trying to avoid the whole um, super black pastel because of the whole kinking, but like if I bought that in, I, that would be my one kind of exception. I wouldn't then try to recreate that as such. I'm just that would be my go-to snake. I would, every single day I was in the snake room, I would start with that. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the best one I I look at, I think. But yeah. Yeah. For me, um, I would want something that would help with our current projects. So um, I would only want something that could, you know, help progress what we've got because we've got quite a few like pot heads and heads here and heads there, and it'd be really nice to have that holy grail animal that can help. I said only very lightly because I'm talking like a a clown, desert ghost, um, like pied or you know that that combination of that that would really help um, with those those hets and helping what we currently got and what we want to do moving forwards with what we've got. So I think having something like a you know a stormtrooper would be amazing, and I can imagine looking in that drawer every single day just to look at it, but. I also want to help with our own, you know, collection and what we're doing currently. Well, I was going to say the uh, Desert Ghost Clown Pied that Justin produced is also 100% hit hypo, so that would be perfect for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, great. I'll, I'll, I'll get two. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's only one. <laughs> I, I'm sure he'll produce another one pretty soon, so it, it probably you probably won't have that long to wait. Um, yeah, and I'd also have to sell my car. And house, probably. I... I, I honestly can't even imagine if you put a price tag on it but that's why i say it's money no object because if you walked into justin's facility and said i'll give you a million dollars for it i'm sure he'll sell it i'm sure he doesn't want to but i'm sure he would you know he's probably got like three kind he's of got, like, yeah, the got wings. More. yeah, yeah <laughs> probably right now so he's like yeah i'll take a million knowing that he's gonna hatch like a couple more <laughs> in like a few weeks time uh if he's clever he'll bump you up he'll say oh a million five and then sell it and then walk <laughs> back and pull two more out yeah yeah, you never know. Right, so you guys are on Instagram. Are you on Facebook? Uh, technically, yes, but I haven't really touched it in so long. Um, uh, I just prefer Instagram, I think. There's um, yeah, no me real too. reason for it. But technically speaking, yes, we are yeah. on Facebook. But And you're on Morph Market? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. So go check you guys out. It's the Piedcast. Is it everything the Piedcast? Yes, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. Go check you guys out. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. No worries. Great Thank talking you to you. Invites. Yeah,